0: welcome back to extreme voltage my name is d Melkonian, and we're talking chargers football preseason game one versus the rams in the book we're going to debrief that a little bit today we're going to talk about, continue talking about our, our roster construction uh yours truly had a chance to visit the chargers training camp this week against the dallas cowboys that was a heck of a day. talk about some of the players i saw what i what i thought and we'll keep doing the roster construction i got a little better idea of what we're looking at for this 53-man roster. A couple of names I want to send out your way to keep an eye on for week two, which is coming up tomorrow against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So good stuff to talk about this week. I'm uh, hoping you guys had a chance to review our our podcast uh, last week, talking about some of the draft picks we had and looking over the 2018 draft and the uh, and, uh, grade that we have given it. If you haven't done so, we've got a number of episodes. Please go back. And uh, and take a listen. Otherwise, welcome aboard. Here's what we got going on. Uh, week one versus the Rams. I should say preseason game number one versus the Rams. I was excited about this game. It's our first first ever. Uh, show of the Chargers right this this season and and what our depth looks like you know I wasn't expecting any starters to play I'm very glad they weren't got to keep those guys healthy and look I love Brandon Staley for a number of a number of things you know certain coaches do certain things I one of the biggest reasons I love Staley is because he doesn't play his starters uh, in the preseason I absolutely love that do not play your starters uh, look what happened to the Jets last week, right, uh, with Zach Wilson going down uh, with a meniscus tear. Luckily, hes it's not a severe injury, and I say that even though it's, that would be scary for anybody to have, especially your quarterback. Uh, but it looks like you, it's promising, four to six weeks potentially, game uh, game one, uh, week one starter uh, form. That's great for the Jets. But you have enough problems at training camp to begin with, uh, unfortunately. Let's not add any more hazard to it preseason games guys i gotta tell you i don't care i love staley's approach if you've read and heard what staley's philosophy is i absolutely subscribe to 100 this is what i would do if i'm coaching okay you don't play your guys in the preseason and not just that the way they use it uh, use the guys in training camp uh you gotta get if you haven't had a chance to go out to training camp you know please do so because it's a quick two hours man it just zooms on by but you get such a great perspective. On how the NFL uh, does their programming, and especially for the Chargers, right? So I'm only seeing one training camp. I'm not. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't get a chance to visit a different training camps throughout the uh, throughout the uh, off season here. Which hopefully in the future we'll be doing so. But for now, just seeing what I'm, I'm seeing from the from the Chargers, I love the approach. They play a high octane uh, scrimmage throughout the uh, the training camps, right? But really careful uh not trying to bring anybody to the ground more thumps in regards to stop, uh, stopping the run and and, and obviously in you know, a passing game you know receivers will go down because there's momentum is carrying them when they're catching these passes but there is no live hitting per se uh no i should say no live tackling right compared to live hitting yes there is thumping where the linebacker or the d-line is going to make that c- contact with that running back and, and do make that stop but they're they're stopping they're wrapping but they're not bringing down to the ground and i think I think they do a great job of that, and uh, at least with this organization, what I've seen, and, and they try to make it a live game scenario as much as you can without putting your your thoroughbreds, your athletes, your stars in any line of fire. Uh, obviously, you know, ACLs and Achilles and all these things can, can go down on you even without contact, right? We've seen that before in the field. Derwin James, I believe, had that, uh, had that issue, right? We had no contact going on in, in a, back in the day, uh, a couple of years back when he had that severe knee injury and, 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 and the foot injury and so forth. So those things can happen. Uh, but you know, that's, it's just a chance of what, would occur, but in regards to keeping your guys safe without getting hit and rolled upon that, that's key. And that's big and, and knock on wood, uh, they're doing a good job with that. And I do appreciate it. They know that these preseason games, look, you know, if I'm a GM, uh, if I'm a head coach, if I'm a, a positional coach, man, these, these preseason preseason games are golden, to see what your depth looks like. To see if, I don't care about the first rounder. Uh, Zion, Zion, uh, Zion is a great player, right? I'm not worried about Zion Johnson in the uh, preseason. I do want to see him, and I'm glad he was out there for a series or two. And it's great to see that, and he played well. I'm not worried about the first rounder. I'm not worried about the second rounder. Uh, I am worried about the third rounder, uh, JT Woods. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, not that impressed yet. I am worried about my fourth and fifth and sixth and so forth. I want to see how these guys are going to play. Right, I want to see the year one of the system. Uh, again, very short amount of time at training camp, obviously. Uh, what have they gotten so far from it? This is what you're looking at. So, you know, you guys are very knowledgeable football fans. That's why you listen to shows like this. You know the game. Uh, other people that look at preseason, and look at the scores, and, and look at who's winning and losing, uh, that's, uh, that's laughable. Uh, that is su- uh, super laughable. If you're bragging about your team won in preseason – uh, that's a joke. And you don't know football. You don't know football. If, and, and some other guys you might hear and say, oh, well, you know, I don't watch the preseason. It means nothing. Well, hold on. Uh, I'm not worried about watching preseason for wins and losses. I'm watching the preseason to see what, uh, my players look like, what my depth look like, looks like what my rookies look like my second year guys look like, I want to see how that's going. I want to see the energy on the team too, because regardless of who's playing out there, you will, you will see the culture. There is a cultural um, identification at times that you can still observe during preseason games. I'm not trying to get too hypothetical on this and philosophical on this, but I'm just trying to tell you that there is a cultural, and what do I mean by that? I mean how a defense can play, right? You can see a second and third, third string defense playing balls out and just just laying the lumber and, and looking strong. And that could be consistent to what the season's going to be like. Uh, case in point, what the Seattle Seahawks looked like in the preseason years ago before the Legion of Doom started, right? How the Chicago Bears, uh, even this year, are looking like right now with their, with their defense. I mean, there's a certain aspect of of a team's culture that will be reflected on on the field, no matter if it's a preseason or a regular season game. Again, take it to heart what the scoring is about, what the offensive plays are, and so forth. Uh, you're not looking at the play calling as much. You're looking at at how these guys are working together, uh, how disciplined they are, the lack of penalties, uh, you know, lack of, of mis misjudging certain call uh, certain plays and, and being in the right places and so forth. These are these are crucial, and this is what, this is what makes a team. Uh, so going back to it, I thought it was a really fun game one. Uh, for the preseason I thought we saw a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of exciting football quite honestly some big plays even on the Rams side uh, we'll talk about that that really broken coverage uh, between um, Leonard and JT Woods that resulted in a, I believe a 65-yard touchdown uh, from McCutcheon so that was that was big and you know these are the things you got to talk about sometimes and identify it. and there might be sore spots but there's a lot of positives I took out of that game let's let's talk about those Zion Johnson uh, Boston College man I tell you you know, Zion's the real deal, and it's, it's fun seeing him. He looks solid. Um, again, I'm going to talk about both versions of what I saw. I saw the preseason game. Uh, as minimal as I saw that, I liked the way he looked out there on the, as a right guard. Then I was able to observe him this week against the Cowboys in, in, the, in the drills, and he looks really, really good. I like the way he plays. He plays like a, like a young veteran. And that's what you want. You want to see like a young veteran out there, and that's what he looks like to me. So he's not the end deal. Just like Rashawn uh, Slater isn't the end deal. He's still going to improve his game, even though he's an incredible, incredible player. But that's what you want to see. You want to see guys that are entering their first year, their rookie year, but don't have that rookie uh, mindset. They have a stronger, uh, youthful, uh, young veteran mindset that they've taken the job. They've been given the job as a starter, right? And they don't take it for granted. It's something that they're going to grab and work on and become better at their craft and to prove their worth that they're there. And that's what, that's what these guys uh, really resemble uh, for me when I watch them. I think they're more guys like, hey, look, they're not, they're not just uh, saying, hey, I got the job. I'm just going to ride with it and get paid and, and do my job. No, I'm going to get in there. Uh, I got a great opportunity. I got drafted early. Or I should say very high in the draft, and I got to prove my worth here every single day. I'm here. I'm going to be a team leader. Uh, even, you know, when I say team leader, look, when you're a starter and you, your actions speak louder than words, you're a team leader, okay? And that's what these guys are coming out to be. This this offensive line, man, a couple of years ago, even last year, right, we're worried about how bad they were at times. Look how look how strong they've gotten the last two years, I remember 2020. This was a really, really, really problematic spot for us with the offensive line. And look at 2022 right now. How strong this offensive line group looks. And you know, with the exception of, and I I don't even say the exception of the right side. I mean, I think look Pipkins and Storm Norton. Right. Let's go back to those guys for a little bit. Trey Pipkins in his fourth year. Storm Norton um, as a free agent pickup a couple years ago. They've improved. Brandon Staley said so, right? Let's let's listen up to Brandon Staley because he's, he's going to tell you. Uh, they've improved and he was hard on them last year. I remember preseason last year, how terrible they both looked. They were horrendous. And he identified, he spotted it. He said, hey, are, are those guys have to get better? He put them on the spot. He said, those guys have to get better. And look, as a grown adult man, you better take your constructive criticism. Either he's telling you get better and, and become a, a, a strong positional player on this team or you're going to be cut you're going to be buying a ticket to the game you're a big man that's going to come to the game and and sitting on the stands and watching it so it's your choice and you know sometimes talent is only can take you so far but your work ethic and and your ability to become better than what you are uh, is a potential you can you can strive for and it looks like for both of them, just, again, I was watching him training camp this week. I'm watching a little bit of tape that I've seen. Again, I, I told you in the uh, earlier podcast, Trey Pipkins last year coming in those two games, I believe it was the Chiefs game, which I thought he did a phenomenal job for Rashawn's spot and left tackle when Rashawn was out at COVID-19. And then conversely for the uh, the Denver Broncos game, I guess he was in as well. And he looked solid in both those games. He looked really strong. Uh, Storm as well. I think Storm, you know, Storm is a big guy. You know, You really can't. You know, until you see it live, a uh, very big man. So that's why when you have big athletes like this that have the potential and have the work desire, to, they're not lazy. They're there working. Uh, again, Staley was talking about it. As I stated earlier, he said how both these players have improved substantially and significantly from last year. That's a great sign. That's what you want to see. Look, your O-line isn't going to be perfect, man. I don't care what team you are. Go ahead and check out every single team out there. Look at the grades. On these teams or just watch them okay forget the pro football focus grades watch the watch the o-line see the weaknesses at times it's going to happen even your all-stars your old pros are going to have some some problems some days okay depending on what what's package you're looking at what fronts what stunts it, it's going to occur uh, not every team is going to have a five-man rotation of superstar or high caliber you're going to have those problem spots at times. It's how well you can hide them. It's how well those the weakest player on your on your line, how well can they um, withstand uh, the, the front the, the defensive front line. That's the key. And if you're able to hide those, if you're able to help those with running backs and tight ends to chip away with timings on these plays uh, to make it work. if you need a, a, a five step drop and a longer stop uh, a longer time process for Herbert to make these deep throws. Then you got to make some kind of adjustments on that right side, of potentially at times, just to make it safe. Even on the left side, if you've got to protect, you got this this monster coming out of your left side, and it's only Rashawn Slater. Well, guess what? You might need a tight end on that side or running back to chip. So, these are things that good coaches, good O line coaches, man, this is it. You know, head coaches, you know, get get called out for the positives or negatives at all times. I tell you, it's it's part of the game for them. But these oh, these positional coaches are worth their money in gold because they're the ones that are working with these guys on a day to day basis. So we're fortunate to have some good coaching on this on this staff. And I think, well, at least I'm very uh, I'm very excited and eager to see how the preseason games look like. I really focus on that uh, that O line and D line. Those trenches are so so important, and the Chargers know that. Uh, that's why they upgraded their D line so much. Uh, Look, the O-line was a, was a draft pick again, a number, uh, a number one draft pick once again, back-to-back years on the O-line, right, with Slater and Johnson. Uh, that's knowing a, a position of need and, and how important that, that investment is. Looking at the D-line, look what they've done. Uh, they were not able to get high, um, high draft picks, right? Uh, they got the UCLA kid later in the draft on a day three situation, but they went ahead and they spent money. Right, they spent good money. There's bad money and good money. Bad money is spending some crazy amount on a second-tier free agent. You know, some crazy amount just because you got to plug up a hole. Does that happen sometimes? Absolutely. Is it a good situation? No, it's not, and that's actually a b- uh, bad, bad. Right, you're you're spending way too much money on a guy that might not deliver to you. Have the Chargers had that issue in the past? Absolutely, we've had. All right, absolutely. Russell Okun came in, had some problems on that side. Um, you know, other players have come in that had you know higher named values and just couldn't really deliver. They're were, they were a little too old. Uh, I mean, these things can occur, right? These things will happen. But when you get a, when you get guys uh, like Sebastian uh, Day and and you bring in uh, Austin Johnson, these guys that are still young enough and they're in their middle years of of uh, of, of football, their career years, they're still in their youthful years and. You bring them in, and they're they're really uh, changed this uh, just this team. It, it, it's really uh, easy to see. I mean, at training camp this week, when I had a chance to watch them, that D line up front is aggressive, and they are they were doing a great job. Uh, stacking up on that run. I, I love it. I, I like what they're seeing a lot. These guys are having the A and B and C gaps. They're, they're a lot more difficult to go run through those A and B gaps this year than what I've seen in the past. And I think we're going to have some good run st- stoppers in there, and that's what they need. The pass rush is there, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that, those run stoppers uh, are are looking great. And just observing that, uh, that was fun to see. Okay, some of the highlights that I saw from uh, the week one, preseason game one versus the Rams. Uh, we just talked about Zion Johnson. I thought he did a really good job going there. The limited time that he had looked uh, really promising, looked strong. Uh, this is the big one for me. A couple of players really stood out. Josh Kelly. Uh, I've been reading about Josh Kelly in the preseason here and training camp. I hadn't had a chance to see him t- until this week, as I was mentioning. And I was reading about how much he gained about, what, 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. And I love Josh Kelly coming out, by the way. You know, I'm a youth, big UCLA fan, and I really enjoyed Josh Kelly. I thought it was going to be a... A strong back in the in the nfl i was glad the chargers grabbed him uh, but you know, I was disappointed and I have been so the last couple of years. Uh, he never initially, they had given him the, op, uh, that, that opportunity back in 2020, I believe to kind of get a stronghold on the team. And it seemed like he was flirting with that to get those kind of carries along with Austin. And it just kind of went away. I think he had a fumble, uh, it just his running style seemed a little bit off to me. It didn't seem very, very strong at times. Like he, it seemed like after the first hit or so, he was kind of going down and didn't at times he, he gave us a little bit of a, a wiggle to it. But it just didn't seem like the kind of running I was seeing at UCLA was dominating. And of course, you know, it changes between you know, college and NFL type caliber defenders. I get that. But I really thought he had that opportunity and that potential to be a kind of a back that could be strong in the NFL and have some production. Uh, last year, very limited uh, in rushing. And I thought it was, it was not that positive in regards to his, uh, his role on the team. And looking at uh, production for Josh Kelly back in 2021. I mean, it was pretty disheartening. Uh, only st- playing in uh, 10 games, right? He had 33 attempts rushing for just 102 yards. Uh, so that's a 3.1 uh, average only, and that's pretty low. Um, in receptions, I mean, for the whole year, he was targeted six times, uh, five receptions for 38 yards. So, um, and of course he had a fumble in there as well. So this is the stuff that I'm looking at and saying, okay, not enough 33 rushing attempts for the whole year i mean that i'm looking at that and i just i just can't believe that's all we had on that uh that's low that's extremely low so uh coming in this year i was expecting okay make or break you got they got isaiah spiller uh you you definitely know they want to roll with spiller as the number two right or at least the uh the other side of austin eckler right because you you, we talked about this eckler cannot be that running back i don't care if you you draft him the first in your fantasy like i do He is a great, great player with a ball in his hands, and he needs to have the ball in his hands. Uh, We're talking about 17 games here. You cannot put the, the, the ball 20 times, 25 times in this man's hands for 17 games and expect a strong playoff return for you. It will not happen. You will break him. I don't care what the pound for pound is. I don't care how strong he is. I know he's one of the strongest guys, if not the strongest guy on the team. I'm not questioning any of that. He will tell you up front, which he's already done, I need somebody else to carry the load. And you know what? That's a very mature and very realistic version of what uh, this is. The picture is, if you get a guy like this at his weight, at his height, and beat him up on the A and B gaps running all day long, Uh, Look at Christian McCaffrey, right? Look what the Panthers have done to him. Uh, Again, I'm not a coach, and I apologize if this comes off wrong, but you're beating him up. And because of that, look how much injury issues you're going to have because of him. guy. Look, you're not going to take your Porsche out every day and drive uh, seven days a week back and forth. You're not going to take your Porsche out and and start um, uh, going off-roading. You're not going to take your Maserati and and, and go on a hill climb with rocks and boulders everywhere. Um, You're going to take it on the nice open road maybe once or twice a week, three times a week, open it up and just enjoy the day. Get a nice car wash and and open it up. Uh, No so you got to be careful on how you use these players right yeah you signed him yes he's on your team yes he needs carries and touches and touchdowns i get all that you can be re- you can be very creative with the way you're going to give him the ball he's a very much a Marshall falk to me he's a very strong kid i'm talking about Austin Eckler but uh, he even said it i need a number 2 with me i need some i need a melvin he didn't say it, but i'll tell you he needs a melvin gordon on this team right what melvin gordon gave us a couple of years back he was the uh, the bread and butter back, right? That's the, way, that's the guy you give the ball on third and two. That's the guy I'm looking at it, at second and 10. I want him getting the tough yards. Can Austin do it? Sure he can. Do I want him to do it all the time? Absolutely not. So looking back, Isaiah Spiller has been drafted to be the number two. Fourth round draft pick, let's just call it straight to what it is. Drafted to be the number two. Well, guess who didn't get the memo? Guess what number 25 Josh Kelly said? Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just tell you. He said, hell no, it's not going to happen on my watch, right? Of course, he didn't say that in real life anywhere. But I'm telling you right now, Josh Kelly, the man, the player, uh, he's saying, no, that's not happening for me. So what does he do in the offseason? He goes out there and he becomes better. He, he improves his strength and he improves his game. And uh, I saw it game one. Uh, the running that he did, the, the, the way he was running running downhill, first of all, just looking at him physically, uh, the man is built. Okay, that man is built and he looks strong, just built very well. I didn't see any fat like that. I mean, he looked, the kid looks strong and he ran strong. I think it's the best I've ever seen him. Uh, the runs that he had, uh, the fluidity, the strength. Um, Josh Kelly was just is just a great downhill runner, very fluid, uh, soft hands, made some nice catches as well. I'm gonna tell you right now, he is he's gonna get the second uh, job, and you know. I'm not worried about it. Isaiah can end up getting it this year, which was absolutely great, fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, I'm predicting Josh Kelly is going to grab onto the second spot. This does not mean we're not going to see Isaiah Spiller. Of course we are, and that's great. Let's add the stable to the backs. Let's get it going. Uh, But we're going to see – I'm predicting Josh Kelly is going to take that number two spot. Uh, right after Austin here, and he's going to um, really be an impactful player this year. I'm excited about it. Um, he's got all the tools, and he's running super hard. He stays injury-free, man. He's, he's going to be the number two. And, of course, we'll see Spill, uh, and we should. Uh, that would be great, great change of pace as well. Uh, but this is what I'm looking at. And then I think wrapping it up, I think Roundtree, you know, good back, uh, but he clearly is a fourth back to me right now. Uh, does that mean he stays on the team? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I really don't know because I have the fullbacks to consider as well. I have Xander Horvath, which absolutely looks great right now. I'm like I like his uh, his running ability, his blocking ability, uh, outside of reception uh, in the game. I thought he has really smooth hands. I love his gameplay. Uh, of course, we have uh, we have number 40, Gabe Neighbors, uh, our last year's fullback. I think it's his third year now with us. Uh, very similar size on both, uh, and I think he's a phenomenal blocker. Gabe is a phenomenal blocker. I think he's an adequate receiver as well. I just think when this thing breaks down, you're only going to keep one, right, for fullback. I think Xander's going to get it uh, based on his. I think literally, I think based on his uh, his better uh, route running and receiving skills over over uh, Gabe Neighbors, and that's the only difference because I think Gabe is a definitely an NFL fullback and he's he's solid. But looking back, I'm going to go one, two, and three. I'm going to go with Austin, uh, Josh Kelly, and Isaiah Spiller. And I'm going to go with Xander right now. That's four running backs on this uh, on this team. I don't want to go five. And the reason I don't want to go five and carry Roundtree tree is because I'm going to transition right now to it. Uh, the wide receivers on this team. Man, I'm excited about these receivers. <laughs> Man, I am super excited about these receivers. And I want to keep seven. I know it's not realistic. And it's not going to probably happen. But I need to keep seven. I don't know how it's going to get done. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, waste your time right now on Keenan Allen, right? Miss Number 13, the slayer. I'm not going to, he is amazing. And it was just so much fun watching him in person uh, just yesterday. That w- that was cool to see at training camp. Um, Solid, smooth, and he's he's a team leader. I love, love that guy. Uh, by example, uh, Mike Williams, man, he is a, he is just a thoroughbred out there. He is just a beast out there. Great personality. The guy is a game day player. I, I love him. I'm so glad we kept him for the next three years at 20 million. Uh, he's a happy millionaire out there just stay healthy and, and keep going up for those balls and do your thing man dominant re- and i'm telling you dominant receiver i think what we've seen in the past we talked about it on the podcast before they were using other coaches other offensive coordinators were using mike mainly as go deep get up there jump that ball and you'll have a 70 percent chance of catching catch, right that's great he comes down gets hurt sometimes that's part of the game right unfortunately but now let's be smarter and guess what um Brandon Staley is, is that. He's smarter, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. Sorry, he's smarter than your average coach. Uh, that's why I think he's going to have such success. With all the turmoil last year for the fourth down fourth down calls, he, this guy is the smarter coach, okay, in the room. He's giving, and you saw it early in the year last year, Mike Williams was getting those slants. We're getting the much different uh, route running than what we've seen uh from him in the past it's not a, just a go deep guy okay he's not that guy any, only he is a player with that body with the with a massive body he has with that speed he has he can make so much work for you inside he's a one-on-one nightmare for you and i don't care if you're gonna double up a receiver on him uh his size his girth his playmaking ability is such that you need to utilize him in that manner Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm excited about number number eighty-one, Mike Williams, six-four-two eighteen. Call it a two-twenty easy. This guy is a dominating player, and he should be running all the route trees. Okay, uh not just one or two, not just a fly. But I'm talking every single thing out there, just the easy slants and outs and goes. This is, I think you're going to see a really dominating. If you're a fantasy football guy like I am, Mike Williams is big this year, and I think I think Herbert is going to has been connecting with him and will continue to do so. So that's number two on your list, right? So you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Mike Williams, one and two. Okay, at number three, uh, and look, this is, this is what it's all been anticipated, Josh Palmer, right? Joshua Palmer as your number three, which is great. Uh, haven't seen the plays yet with Josh Palmer as much, right? I, I'm looking forward to it. And I think training camp-wise, we saw some really good stuff. But this is the year to see some more. And I think Palmer is is definitely going to be the guy uh, going to number three this year. But right on his heels is Jalen Guyton. I think Jalen, we can't forget about number 15. I think 15 has done a really, really good job the last couple of years. And 6'1", 2'12", he's a flyer, man. And he has really, really smooth hands. So I got to tell you, Guyton and Palmer, to me, I mean, uh, really are the 3A and 3B. I don't want to even call them 3 and 4 because I think they're really close. And some people like to, uh, you know, hit upon Palmer being the guy. And that's fine. He looks great out there. Uh, but I, I can see both of them doing really well as the number 3 and 4. So let's call those guys 3 and 4, right? right without any argument. We're good to go on that. The number five, uh, DeAndre Carter. This is what we're thinking the number five spot's going to go to, which is fine. He's a return man, uh, playing really well. I didn't see him in the preseason. He he wasn't dressed, I believe, but he did really, really well in uh, training camp, and he looks very solid. Uh, So he's been rolling really well with it, and I think he's going to grab that number five spot based on the money that was provided to him and what they expect out of him as a return man. So uh, DeAndre Carter has that sewn in as the five. So now... Usually we end the conversation there. We move on, but this is really, really important. This is a make or break. I got to tell you, it really is, because I don't like to lose good players on the, from this team, and I think this this player uh, is going to be somebody that needs to be kept. And there actually is two players here that need to be kept, but it, it's going to be tough because I don't think they're going to go to seven. But your decision here is going to, or your 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 chart, your coaching staff decision, is between number eighty three. Uh, Michael Bandy from the University of San Diego, um, and, of course, Joe Reed, who was drafted a couple of years ago, I believe the number dra- uh, fifth-round draft pick. Um, and Joe Reed is is looking really, really good, and we talked about him earlier in the podcast as well. I told you before, Joe Reed, and again, I'm not telling you he's Debo Samuel, but they coming out of the draft. That's what he was compared to before Debo Samuel was Debo Samuel. Um, similar, similar structure: six six feet, 225 pounds, receiving uh, receiver, yet can run out of the backfield. So you've got that kind of player, and he's your he's your uh, uh, kickoff return, punt return as well. And you saw that in the preseason uh, doing the kickoffs. Uh, phenomenal athlete, and he had the 41-yard touchdown grab uh, from Chase Daniel early in the first quarter. Uh, the kid's an athlete, and I really don't want to lose him. I think he's he's phenomenal. He's going to be a great, great uh, cadre on this receiving staff. But I got to tell you, Michael Bandy, man, Michael Bandy, the route runner, the speed that he has, the soft hands. I, I tell you, there's so many players I can I can compare him with. He's got a cans like Cooper Cup to me. He's got great route running. Uh, and I, I just love the way he plays. He's a great slot. And I think he'll do a lot of good work. I don't want to lose this kid. And I really, and I, I love his, uh, his demeanor. I love the way he's, he's uh, on the sidelines with the team. He's a team player, um, just a phenomenal player, man. I, I think his character, everything that I don't want to lose this guy. I think he's going to do a lot of damage as a charger. I think he could do some great work. Needs to be kept. Needs to be kept. Uh, we had a kid named Wes Welker once back in the day. Do you guys remember him? Absolutely, you do. Uh, went to Miami. From there, he went to New England. We had him on the Charger staff with Marty Schottenheimer. I did not want to lose him, and unfortunately, he was cut after a, a game or two. And uh, you know, I, I, that was that was not a good cut. And you saw what happened after that. I'm not telling you he's Wes Welker. I'm not uh, Welker. I'm not telling you he's Cooper Cup. I'm telling you what I'm seeing and how he plays. Uh, love his uh, his ball ability, and I think he needs to be kept because you can't just say I'm going to cut him and put him on, on the uh, practice squad. Guess what's going to happen? The New York Jets, Jaguars, the Raiders, somebody, the Denver Broncos, somebody's going to come up and say, you know what, no, this kid's way too good. I'm going to go ahead and sign him off your practice squad and he'll immediately be left. There's no protection. You guys know that. I don't want to leave him up to the practice squad. And Joe Reed, I don't want to lose him either, man. It's going to be tough. I don't think they're going to be able to carry seven. I really don't. But uh, if you want to cut back one of the running backs from me and leave the, some other younger kids or even a roundtree in a practice squad, do that. Because I don't think he's going to make the impact like uh, like we have going on. And those receivers have to stay on. Herbert has so many weapons. It looks pretty fantastic. So that's what I'm looking at for the receiving end. And what that's what I saw uh, during the game with Josh Kelly and uh, Mike Bandy and, and Joe Reed. I really enjoyed watching them. That have some good stuff. Hey, uh, Rumpf, uh, let's talk about that. Let's go to defensive side for a second. Um, remember, remember this kid? Fourth-round draft pick last year. Kept saying how a skinny kid he was. And the criticism on her, was he wasn't ready. And yeah, you're right. The criticism was right. Chris Rumpf wasn't ready last year. He's six foot two, about 245, gained about, what, 10, 15 pounds over the, over the summer. And uh, looking strong. A lot of impactful plays in the, uh, in the preseason opener. Uh, training camp-wise, consistently Problematic uh for these offenses getting a really good pass rush going to him nice run run uh run stopper as well in the game he had a sack beat the beat the left tackle for a nice sack also as a tfl he uh got the running back back there tight end was trying to cover him and he took it back there and he uh he got the uh, the tfl on that running back so he's consistent he's looking really strong and i'm liking it that's the backup for uh for joey right for bosa so i like what i'm seeing a lot there um so that's good stuff another player i like a lot is jamal davis uh number 44 and he's the gentleman that we got uh he's a veteran and he was on for a little bit and he went went ahead and went to canada last year and he played canadian football league uh jamal davis six foot four uh 252 out of akron 27 years old i like him he is a first of all he's built like a brick house man he's ready to go he looks all that uh, of an nfl player uh seeing him live and, you know, in the game, it was okay. He, he had a pretty good pass rush going. He tried to have a containment on the Rams, um, Perkins, I believe, the, running, the quarterback for the Rams. That's such a great runner as well. Uh, he, got, he got, you know, juked out a little bit on one of the plays. He was trying to do a containment on him, and, and uh, Perkins made him look a little foolish and made him uh, slip and slide, and he took a nice little run out of it. But um, I, like, I like Jamal Davis. I think he's going to be solid. He looked good against the Dallas Cowboys in the, uh, in the scrimmage. Uh, he had a little a couple of sacks here and there. I thought he was looking really good. And, and I think he's going to be a good addition to this team that he's going to make this club. So Jamal Davis, free agent, uh, I think is, and him and, and Rumpf, I think will be there uh, taking care of business um, in regards to backing up Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Um, because Kyle Van Noy, in that regards, um, he is really playing your linebacker spot more. I saw him playing that outside backer and inside backer a lot more. I think they want to use Kyle that way. And not necessarily just as a pass rusher. So I think that's good. I think I like him back there in space. And I think he has some uh, really good smarts on him. 6'3", 250. He's thirty one years old. But uh, and he's gonna be. He's not gonna be playing every single play for you. I don't think either. So you gotta you gotta give him some uh, some time away. And you gotta give him some blows uh, during the game because he needs to be out there fresh for you. At Thirty one. You gotta make sure you're you're taking care of your players. That includes the same with uh, with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. You can't have these guys. Uh, you guys have to want a pinch count. You got to have them on a pitch count because uh, that's what's going to be. I mean, this is these guys need their rest. You saw it last year with Joey Bosa huffing and puffing out there. Um, you got to have these guys as fresh as they can. And yeah, sometimes you're weathered and you're tired. It's fourth quarter, it's 100 and something going on, and you got to keep playing. Uh, but that's where the depth comes in. I think the the fact that we got Rumpf, and hopefully with. With Kyle Van Noy and Jamal Davis, they're going to give him some, uh, some extra blows here, and these guys will come in and, and not have a huge uh, drop off as well. I thought Nick Neiman looked really good at, uh, at practice. Uh, he was really active uh, as, a, as a linebacker. I thought, hello, oh, he's doing a really good job back there. By the way, we, we kind of forgot to even mention this as, as we went. Your safety, Derwin James, just signed the most expensive contract that a safety can sign, right? Over 76 million guaranteed or $76 million uh, in four years. I believe 42 of it is guaranteed. Uh, that's your guy, right? He, he he lines up everywhere. Just make sure you're staying healthy, right? That's what we need because we had a few injuries here and there with him. Otherwise, Derwin is the best safety, arguably best safety in the league. So he's, he's ready to go. Uh, Nasir's there. Great. All good stuff. Um, and I'm liking Alohi, like we mentioned before. So that's your three safeties right there. JT Woods, number 22. Um, I'm having problems with JT Woods. Uh, so I saw him live. He looked pretty skinny to me. He's lanky. He he's he's fast. But did you see the play with him and Leonard uh, at the Rams uh, this last week? It was just a foolish, slapstick play where JT Woods is the safety on the and he comes in to try to wrap up uh, the Rams receiver. I believe it was McCutcheon who had that uh, nice long catch and he tackles Leonard number 33 rather than the receiver and the receiver breaks away for an extra 20 30 yards and scores a touchdown on a broken play that way that was bad that was bad and uh you got to play better jt woods and i know reading uh reading the training camp notes same video uh has not set him up set himself up yet to be a contributor on this defense i don't believe he has okay and again i'm, I'm very limited in my observation. So I could be 100% wrong on this, and, and I'm glad if I am. But seeing what I'm seeing right now and hearing what I'm hearing right now uh, with the beat writer for the Chargers and the footage, he's not. and what the coaches are saying, he's not ready. Um, I don't think he should be playing out there this year, quite honestly. If he's going to be a problem for them and not, not performing and not being in the right spot, don't play him this year. He's a third-round pick. Third-round picks usually play. Third-round picks are going to make the team. So you've got that. But this is a kind of situation where you might have to keep him for a year and just let him sit. Let him sit behind these safeties and let let these guys take it. We already mentioned the names, right? Luckily, you have Alohi uh, uh, there for you as well uh, that could do a lot of the damage and, and take care of what's going on along with uh, Derwin and Nasir. Uh, but that's, that's some things to look at. I don't think he's he's ready. Along with Leonard, um, I was looking at, at, at Dean Leonard he had a lot of problems in this Rams game. Uh, here's the positives on Dean Leonard, okay? He was, he was there to make a, a play on the ball each time a long or a completion, a significant completion was happening against him. He was in the right position. However, the ball was being completed because he was not looking back at the ball. He would stay focused on the receiver and be in the right spot, but did not transition to going after the ball or looking back for the ball or having that trust in, it, in him that I've, I've got the solid uh, play on this one. Let me turn back and fight for the ball now. And so, instead of staring it down, getting a pass interference call by putting hands in the guy's face already and, and so forth, he also had that special team snafu where he tackled the, uh, the punt returner before the ball hit him. So, look, these guys are young guys. He's a seventh rounder, I believe. He's trying to make this team the pressure's on. I wouldn't, Dean. I wouldn't worry about it, buddy. You're gonna make this. You're gonna make this squad at, as a practice squad member. Okay. I really do think he's not ready. Um, I don't think he's on the 53 man roster based on who we have. I don't think he's ready yet. Now, the only way they'll put him on the roster is the fact they'll say, "Look, I, we don't want to lose him on the practice squad," and they could, right? They could lose him there. If that's the case, he's gonna be on the 53 because they don't want to lose a talent like this. But if I'm them, I'm going to be able to put him on a practice squad and let him learn for the year. That's what I'm doing. Because unfortunately, I can't do that with my third-round pick. Because you put a third-round pick on a practice squad, he's going to be taken. But he put a seventh-rounder in there that hasn't been, you know, that has had problems so far. It might not go anywhere. So I like that. I didn't see Jasir Taylor yet. Didn't get a chance to see him in training camp either. He was being held out. He's 5'10", 185. Been hearing a lot of good things about him, however. So I do want to see how he's going to do. Mark Webb. You know, I'm excited about to see him. He has some soft tissue injury along with Jasir recently. So they've kept him out and didn't play. So I do want to see what's going on with him. Uh, hopefully this game, we'll see some activity with him. Uh, so I mean, that'll be great. Uh, so you have a lot of safeties already set up. So again, like I said, I don't need to see uh, JT uh, this year. He can He can sit back and let him get uh situated for the one year until he's ready for next year just like nasir adderly quite honestly had that same same situation didn't look good that first year and uh you know kept working with him and comes back much stronger i'm fine with that i think you need to have that one year as a red shirt and kind of get yourself ready to go for next year i'm looking forward to seeing how our young chargers will fare well against the dallas cowboys this saturday night at eight o'clock at sofi stadium second preseason game Uh, Like I said, it was nice to see uh, that young defense play so well uh, at training camp. We'll see what it looks like in this preseason game. We'll catch you again next week, and you can always find us and talk to us at Extreme underscore Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Get a hold of us that way. and Let us know what you think. We'll catch you again next week. We'll debrief it once again. We're getting closer to that Week One season, September 11th against the Raiders. So we'll be talking a little more Charger football this time i just want to acknowledge our man across the glass that's tyrell mad dog wiggins we appreciate you my friend thank you for making us sound good and i'd like to thank kevin mccloud from filmmusic.io for strengthening the titans and the ice giants we'll catch you again next week this is d malconian for extreme voltage